Radio Primavera Sound, powered by SEAT. Damon Albarn is one of the busiest musicians working today. While many still think of him as the leader of Blur, he surpassed the output of that band with Gorillaz. What started as a side project is still, 20 years later, a sought-after headline act at any festival, including our own Primavera Sound 2022. Apart from Gorillaz, he's also celebrated Malian music with his Mali music project. He had The Good, The Bad and The Queen and his own solo music. Lockdown and the pandemic limitations only forced him to go solo once again, instead of relying on the most envied contacts agenda in the music world. And he'll be releasing The Nearer The Fountain, More Pure The Stream Flows on the 12th of November. We were able to secure some time from his schedule to chat about the making of this new album, inspired by a gorgeous view of the ocean from his home on the outskirts of Reykjavik in Iceland. On your skin. From what I understand, that view was so inspiring that you decided to turn it into music? Um, well, it had over many years been something I'd just spent hours and hours and hours just looking at and playing my piano looking out at. And I thought it'd be nice to share some uh, other musicians in that experience and see what would happen. And, and become very specific about playing the weather and the change in atmosphere and the change in light, which is so dramatic. What did that entail? Like, as in what kind uh, well, of- Well, I had like, I had got, got together an ensemble with, uh, I think it was like violin, viola, cello, two double basses, three bass trombones, French horn, uh, harmonium, piano, that, yeah. And we were just, and a guitar, and Simon Tom playing guitar. Uh, and very much it was just a, a meditative process each day where we'd have certain little harmonic kind of sort of destinations, but we'd start entirely just how we felt with, with change of, you know, the lifting of the uh, curtain or, or however you want to see it. You know. I understand yeah, that, you know, as you're saying, it was inspired, this whole album was inspired by sort of the natural landscapes, this, the, like the ones you've shown me. Were you always good at stopping and taking in natural surroundings, you know, stopping to appreciate the moment you're living in? Or is it something you're getting better at with age? The latter. Because did, did you suffer from attention deficit disorder when you were younger or as an artist? You know, are, are you one of those that, you, 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 that it takes you an effort to remain concentrated? Concentrated on the things I wanted to concentrate on. Selective concentration. You know, and as you get older, it becomes selective hearing, doesn't it, as well? <laughs> no, um, I think I'm able to concentrate on what I do very well, but that's because I, you know, it's an obsession, isn't it? It's obviously, you know, 
It's a condition. I have a condition. Does it? Does that condition have an official name? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't sought an official name. I was. I was always a great believer that when when old relations starts to go a bit a bit funny, you know, you just said they've gone a bit do lally, or he's just lost his marbles. Hmm. Simple hmm. as that. And now it's got, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no. So whatever whatever condition I have, I I I I I've just sort of I've learned to embrace it and. You know, fill it, fill it, full of the things that give me joy and you know, hope and happiness. Because it's what makes you you. You know, it's what makes you unique, right? The title of the album is taken from a John Clare poem, uh, "Love and Memory." Why this poet or this poem? Uh, the poet, I suppose, is just is is there because my mum gave me an apology when I was very when I was a teenager, and uh, it's just been a something I've had and 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 and, and read sort of fished into. Uh, over the years, and I suppose it was, it was more that line that became like a mantra for me. Um, I'd taken it out of the poem many years ago, and I'd just written it down. And it was, by the time I came back to it, it was completely divorced from the, the love and memory poem in context for me. So it was something. It was just this new, lovely kind of sort of. Uh, optimistic but kind of a uh, sad mantra you know and uh, that's what's led me to this record and but and then i suppose while i was in lockdown the actual poem became far more resonant in its its beautiful kind of sort of uh, melodic expression of um, loss or should I say harmonious expression not melodic harmonious expression of, of, of loss and love and I, and I felt quite comfortable singing that as well you know although it was not it's, it was something of uh, the line came before the poem so to speak Speaking of loss, um, it was we, we all we were all very sad when we heard of the passing of your friend and longtime collaborator Tony Allen. Has that been was his passing one of the sources of inspiration for a lot of the feeling on this album? It definitely was in there. I mean, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think a few times I played around with some of the recordings of his drums that I have, and it's very moving during that period to play with. And, um, but it's it's you know yeah, definitely he's 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 in there's something in that 
something in there. Well, you told um, the New Musical Express not so long ago that, um, I quote, I have been on my own dark journey while making this record and it led me to believe that a pure source might still exist. From your experience, have the dark roads led to the best creative outcomes or the most interesting creative outcomes? I think sometimes they can. I mean, they're, they're just record sort of moody records are not to be made unless you're you know what i mean no one no one wants to be feeling like that really but it's a very cathartic experience to to, to make records like that i think i mean if you if you're an artist you you, you you're trying to uh you know express stuff because it needs to come out it's there's a there's a a rabid compulsion to express something in a way which you can understand in the backdrop of the universe. When you speak of a pure source, in, in, in when you're speaking about it, what does it what does a pure source feel like? Oh, that's really hard. I can't answer that. I mean, it feels pure. <laughs> I mean, but is it like when when you're in a room with musicians you trust, and all of a sudden that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in a way, it's where it's where it's where you're you're absolutely not thinking about anything. But it's somehow there's something still happening, you know. That's yeah. that's the kind of that's the dream, isn't it? You know, effortless flight. Do you get that on most of the recordings that you've been doing for the last years, where you're just sort of flying on almost on autopilot because you're usually working with such talented musicians of all kinds, and you yourself, you know, you're a grandmaster now. Of song crafting and 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 creating this wonderful energy and results in the studio, um, do you feel like sometimes it's it's almost become too easy? <laughs> no, it's not easy. If you take your eye off the ball for one second, it's rubbish. You know, so it's kind of absolute concentration, but sort of ascending to complete oblivion. <laughs> It's, that's if if you if you, if if that if the bottom, you know, the the entry point isn't true, then there's still nothing can happen really. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like when you jump off a cliff, you you're wanting to land correctly on that water, especially if it's really high. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. But how? You know, you, there must be at some point where you look in the mirror and you think, "I'm, I'm good at this." You know, at, at orchestrating. At, at I'm okay. I'm okay. You know what I mean? I'm all right. Because it's not easy. You know how hard it is. Because you, you, you've been there from the minute, from minute zero when you started your band with, you know, with Blur. Even before you were Blur, when you were Seymour, you know, you've, you've done this your entire life. Do you get to a point? At least I can say that. That's all you've done, yeah. 
Yeah. A bit of acting as well. I liked you in that movie. No, but... no, 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 we can't, we can't, we can't bring that into it. That, <laughs> that. Well, it was good. That one you did with it was terrible. It was the one where you know the heist with Robert Carlyle. Sorry, I failed to remember the the, the, the name of the film. But um, good, I'm glad. And don't bother to qualify it in your interview. No, I, I'm, I'm I was rubbish, and I'm really glad I only did it once. But I really enjoyed doing it, and the people I did it with were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a great experience. But 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 I was terrible. Ah, there's been worse. There's been way worse. Uh, you won't get a Razzie. Oh, but they're so bad that they're great. You know, I didn't even get to the... I should have either been really rubbish or actually half decent. I wasn't. I was in that. I was just... <laughs> anyway. Anyway, it's a long time ago and it was never repeated. I did learn my lesson. best for you to keep to keep your sanity after so many mad years in the world of rock and roll i don't think i've been in the world of rock and roll strictly for a while but i mean it was good while it lasted i mean i just i don't think the world of rock and roll even um exists like that anymore you know but uh it does make me feel sometimes that i was incredibly sort of uh lucky in many ways to grow up in the late 80s and then sort of become myself in the in, in, in the 90s because you know in comparison to what my daughter has to carry with her at all times now with social media and everything and, you know the realization that, that nothing is forever you know we we you know we were still singing songs like live forever you know what I mean it's like it was a very different time. Um, but yeah, did you ever? Did you ever? Uh, would you ever play Oasis albums in the car when you were at any point in your life? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely used to enjoy singing their songs. I mean, it was a very much guilty pleasure for me. But you know, their, their, their first records, absolutely, or second, no, first records, amazing. Anyway, but um, uh, I was saying, uh, a, a cliche in the world of music is that sometimes success can stifle creativity and many artists end up making music that they think or the audiences will like rather than what comes out of their raw creativity yet you have been successful for decades and you haven't had to release music out of financial necessity you know what what things keep you exciting for like you know the, like what makes it exciting about dedicating yourself to this apart from all the things that musicians tend to complain about like having to do interviews and go on tour and be away from the family what keeps so, but none, none of that's been really true for a while so yeah uh, you can't get a balance right i mean I, I, i think where you are is where you are you know you can't really you can't really put your plan together based on anyone else's experience other than what you're going through
we've got a section on our radio show where we talk about uh, backstage anecdotes. Is there a backstage anecdote from your <laughs> all your entire life that stick springs to mind? Uh, the, the 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 best entry into a dressing room was Asha, as and he 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 uh, moonwalked backwards into the uh, dressing room. That was a great entry. So there you go. That's. Uh, That's my backstage anecdote. When did that happen? What tour? Um, Which band? Forum, Forum with Gorillas in 2018. And did 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 you ever consider you um, proposing Usher to collaborate on a Gorillas project? Well, I actually really like Usher, so um, yeah, I think we. I just haven't got around to it, but I. But but um, yeah. I would love to. I, I, you know, who's on the bucket list for like on the immediate bucket or the list of sort of people that you who you find interesting that you'd like to get on record either with Gorillas or I'm I'm, really, I'm 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 into kind of uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a I just think the kind of sort of the ones who seem to sort of. Uh, be the least kind of pretentious but really kind of powerful you know and striking I don't know it's a it's a it's a there's there's, there's a lot of stuff in kind of south south america that i, I think it's really amazing. are you down with the, the the reggaeton rhythms that are currently everywhere yeah I, i've just done a tune which i'm going to send to uh DJ uh, Bin Laden, or MC Bin Laden, not DJ Bin Laden. Sorry, MC <laughs> shows how fucking out of it I am. Um, yeah, that's so. Uh, yeah, I'm really into all of that. If you're asking what I'm into, I'm into that that kind of thing. Like, because you've always been very good at, at, at crate digging from all around the globe. Um, what particularly catches your attention from the stuff that's coming out of Puerto Rico and Medellin? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. They've just got their very. I love the musicality of it, but it's also, it's also quite. Um, it's weird, you know. I mm -hmm. And to wrap up, uh, you're going to be playing Primavera Sound uh, next year uh, with Gorillaz. Um, what can we expect from that show? Like, what have you got planned? Are you going to bring most of the collaborators off uh, Song Machine? Or is it just you never know until a month? Know, really. like, yeah, I mean, who knows? It could be everyone or no one, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure they're all itching, every single collaborator. From every yeah, I mean, we always, we always have a really good time. It's a great family spirit. It's, 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 it's a great family show, you know? How do you organize the, the beginning, before you go on tour? Like, how do those re rehearsals happen when you know who's going to be joining? Well, that, that's part of the challenge is just sort of, and, 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 and it's only possible having such a brilliant band who can kind of retain a huge amount of musical information so that they can change and do different songs and everything, you know. Will Paul Simonon still be in the backing band? I, if, I, it's wonderful when he when he when he, when he wants to be he lives he, he lives on an island at the moment. What about Simon Tong? Simon Tong uh, is playing with me in with, with this record. But you know actually you know as far as the good band the Queen's concerned 
Femi, our new drummer, he, he was a student of Tony and he plays beautifully in Tony's style. So there's no reason why we, we, we can't kind of sort of uh, uh, play some of that music. I mean, I have been playing it actually with him on my own sort of concerts recently because uh, it's so, so great. You know, it's so great to just feel like you've got Tony with you every night. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Damon. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you again. Sorry for the mild interruptions. Sure. <laughs> it's kind of, well, you must know. You've been there juggling oh. children, dogs, and having to do interviews. Nice, man. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. And looking forward to seeing you in Barcelona next year, 2022 at Primavera Sound. Thank you.